finally done it. Oh? I've completed it. I, I've I've turned a new leaf. Okay. I Pokemon New Leaf? Pokemon is that an actual name of a Pokemon game? Yeah, I think it is. Can okay. First of all, mm -hmm. that's disappointing. But mm -hmm. also Japanese. Mm. Hunter, I I have gotta to talk to you about something that I just figured out. Animal this, Crossing. Er, earlier today. You're just gonna say the phrase Animal Crossing. Oh, it's Animal Crossing New Leaf. What's the difference? Okay, I don't know. Animal Crossing is just Pokemon for, for pacifists. Yeah. Change people my that mind. like doing chores. As Hunter, as you know, I've I've abandoned my previous line, the thing that I did. I bought some new I bought dad shoes. That mm -hmm. was it. Here's the thing that's disappointing to me this mm -hmm. week. Now, there's plenty of things, but here's one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I recently uh, watched, or not watched, was in a discussion with some folks online about the Marvel movies, of which, you know, I have not watched a single Marvel movie since, like, the first Iron Man. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in them, and if you don't believe in them, they can't hurt you. Just kidding. I also watched the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I knew that Thanos killed, killed, uh, Spider-Man mm -hmm. and like turned him into dust mm -hmm. because that was kind of a cultural touchstone moment. I did not know that he killed half of the world's population in that film. I did not know that that was the plot. Universe. Universe. Half the people in the universe? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Um, that seems pretty hard. You got to have a lot of a lot of Wi-Fi signal to do that. I don't know how it works. Yeah. So I was I learned this and I was like, well, what was his like goal? Is he like is he like an evil maniac? Did he like have, you know, like half of his family die in a car accident and he now is obsessed with like halves of things and stuff? Is that like his 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 evil quirk? Yeah. And Hunter, I guess you know this, but mm -hmm. tell everybody, I'm probably the only one that doesn't know this, tell everybody why he destroyed half of everybody. Yeah, he's doing it to bring balance to the universe. He's essentially doing population control to conserve the resources of the galaxies. Um, so yeah, he has to kill half of everybody to make that happen. This is, is America's biggest... Export, Dylan. culturally speaking. This is our largest movie franchise. And the big bad, the interdimensional big bad from mm -hmm. our largest cultural touchstone is just big purple green piece. Yeah. I am fundamentally disappointed in mm. everybody involved. Like, the Dark Knight, the bad guy, his whole thing was that he was straight crazy. And mm -hmm. it was unbelievably good. And this guy is like, you know, the Illuminati, had they. I think they got some things right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. So it's so tired. How is this... How is this our biggest film franchise in all of our our collective history? How is this our magnum opus? You know, um, I feel for you, bud. I really do. Uh, 
I feel like this has been the a thing for a very long time. Like, I don't know, years that <laughs> this film has been out. And when, I'm like, <laughs> when, what film did that happen in? What film did he kill everybody in? Dude, oh, that was in the second to last. But he was he was talking about that for a long time. The reason he wanted the Infinity Stones was to do that. That's this whole snap thing, right? The snap thing? Yeah, he, oh, he snaps that, and kills half the universe. Okay. Yeah. Wait, that's not even his power? No, no, he has to have the Infinity Stones. You, you, my friend, There, there's a lot you have missed out on. So and who is he? Who is Thanos. Is he just... Okay, I don't care about his name. Uh, Wait, is that a play on Thanatos? No. I mean, probably. The but... Ferryman? No, that's that's not the Ferryman. Thanatos is the god of death. Oh, you're right. Who is yep. the th- who's the Ferryman? <sighs> I knew you were going to ask that, and I was trying to think of it. I can't think of it. I want to say... Jamie, find... Uh, Jamie, show me the Ferryman. I was going to say Shafron, and I am a thousand percent oh no sharon you're right you're okay. very close to right it's c-h-a-r-o-n sharon yeah sharon um whatever and but now it's just pronounced karen and instead of harboring souls to the underworld uh he complains she to complains management. to the manager at jc penny there it is because she thinks that there should be one more carrot in her earrings and when she's done you actually go to hell it's amazing so or you choose to yeah. yeah, yeah, you choose to. It's up to you to get on the boat at this point and start paddling. You actually, you actually build your own boat. Yeah. So, really, what I think, what I think is so surprising about this is, I thought, of course, you had known this for a long time and would have been just devastated by this fact. And now I'm like having to deal with the fact that the thing that I always knew is true is true, yet. It hasn't been as true as long as I thought it was. So, but okay, I I need to know when that film came out though, because if you're saying it's the second to last film, I mean they come out with like thirty a year. So is this like, yeah, twenty twenty two? How no? How far behind am I? You're like super far behind. Uh, do they have a list of them here? Like, is this Ragnarok? Two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, that's half a decade. Yeah. Infinity War. Yep. This yep. has been happening for half of a decade. Yeah. But it was hmm. like, here's the thing. like, And I don't know which film it starts in, but like, he talks about this in the other films, right? Like, this is his plan. This isn't hidden. This is coming, if that makes sense. So, even, so it's like pre-2018, right? Okay, I'm going to need more details about him, though. Thanatos. Wh- He's a bad guy. He's purple. He's an alien. That's it. No, Thanatos is the god of death. Sorry, Thanos is big, purple, and an alien. What? What? He's just an alien? He's yeah. just an alien that is, was like, um, yes, I visited the Georgia Guidestones before they were blown <laughs> up summarily, and we should limit the Earth's population. There might be more to it, but that's that's the gist. As the movie, He's not like a god or... No, he's definitely not a god. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to throw them a bone in my mind. So it's yeah. just, does he have any inherent powers himself other than just being very strong? He's very strong. He's has a massive army, right? And um, he also has like children. Is it Gamora who's one of his kids who he like rebuilds and turns her to an assassin? Hunter so having like, children. I listen. I well. <laughs> They're not children, children. They're like, 
he calls them his daughters, but they're like really they're one not his genetic daughters, and they're like super like bioengineered robot-y things that are like extremely powerful. So, Gamora and Nebula. Yeah, Gamora and Nebula. I'm helping out. Uh, okay, is that the green chick? Yeah. This is so disappointing to me. I, um, the more you ask, the worse it gets. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like. <laughs> It, yeah, I'm. I'm waiting for it to. I'm waiting for it to not hurt. It's gonna. <laughs> it's hurt not more. happening. No, it just uh, gets that worse. That is the stupidest plot line. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Here, are, he, are here's there... a. Here is Thanatos. The description on him: an intergalactic warlord from Titan who seeks all six Infinity Stones to destroy half of life for the sake of rebalancing the universe. That's him. From Titan, like, do yep. they literally mean Saturn's moon? Uh, let's see. Uh, is an exoplanet and the homeworld of Thanos before its inhabitants were wiped out from overpopulation. There you go. So they named they named his planet. Yep. From a different solar system. Yep. The name of the primordial Greek gods. Mm -hmm. Greece being from Earth. Okay, sick guys. Okay, let me just say that we live in a world where Warhammer 40k exists. <laughs> where <laughs> this is like where the worst ten minutes of this show, by the way. No offense. The, ba the bad guys are everyone because we flew too close to the technological sun and mm -hmm. forgot how AI works, and now people are praying to their their VCR because they think that it's magical and stuff, and mm -hmm. the whole, it's all genocide all the way down, and by the way, there's a race of, of demon-slaying super warriors on that live on Titan, but actually the moon Titan, uh, the Grey Knights, and the bad guys are so unbelievably horrifying that like the novels can't be read in front of children. And yet, and yet our largest cultural export is, Hey, there's too many people around here eating all the space dust. Mm -hmm. Also, can I just say, okay. All right. It's so stupid. I hate superheroes <laughs> so much. D did this guy travel from a different solar system to earth? Yeah. Honey, honey, the energy that is required, if we're talking about resources <laughs> on an intergalactic scale, the energy that would be required to transport you and, in theory, an army. Does the army come with them? Yeah, of course it does. To, to transmit them from any other, pick any other solar system, anyone, mm -hmm. I don't care, pick another solar system, to this solar system mm -hmm. would require more energy then the total consumption of the Earth thus far times, like, I don't know, a trillion. Mm. Like, that, it's so stupid. He's trying to preserve, it's just like, you know what it is? I, this is who Thanos is. Thanos is John Kerry getting on private jets, no, <laughs> flying gosh. around the, the universe, telling us that we can't use oil. Like, yeah. That's, what a, what a, what a dumb, tired plot line. That is so disappointing. I thought he was like an evil god or something. No. He's just purple uh, in space. He's god, purple. so he's, stupid. He's purple, green piece Superman. That is what he is. Like, and he, it, I can't remember who's the guy that said we are all going to die in the 90s because of overpopulation. We wouldn't have any food. That's, that's Thanatos. That's his plot line.
so he, yeah he's literally a mix of like the retail hippie who dropped out of high school and then emails you 10 years later talking about his NGO pyramid scheme business he's trying to join and wants you to invest for mm-hmm. the planet mm-hmm. mixed with mixed with John Kerry that's this character now yeah um I'm so God, shocked we're so just I'm so, so shocked stupid hunter I'm so shocked that you're just finding this out now like that's the part I can't I don't know how to help but I wish today. I could today today on the 23rd of October yeah 2023 Anno Domine Mm -hmm. I learned that America is even more stupid than I had assumed what do people find about this that's compelling I don't I the Marvel Universe has always had terrible villains you know people are definitely for there in there for the heroes Um, the problem is they're just not compelling and there's too many of them but what is a hero without a villain like truly when you like you have to have that foil yeah, I think it's I think one it's Flash, you know? And also there's a lot of Wait, in the Marvel. Flash, the Flash? No, 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 like the shock and awe, the prettiness of watching some of these movies. The CGI, oh, like oh, watching oh, Thor hit something with a hammer is just satisfying, right? Regardless if it's smoke and mirrors or not, right? Okay. All right. Yeah. And this is not the topic for today's show, actually. <laughs> As much as as much as yeah, it let's might get become. into the show. Thanks for joining carpooling. <laughs> it might be the last cultural bastion of the entire free world at this yeah. point. I, I, it's, I've never been more upset. Like the great super. We can just do this today. I'm I'm completely happy to talk more about. How uh, we've got important stuff. Well, we've got actual villains to discuss. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Instead of They'll these be hilarious here next week. caricatures with no no. Mo- Does he have? Okay, help me. Just please, please. See, I, see God, this is the thing. Let I there be a good answer ask. to this question. All right. Let there be go a good ahead. answer to this question. Uh huh. Do, please. Does he have some kind of personal connection to this quest? I mean, it, well, just what I read to you, his planet died from overpopulation. Okay. And, but then it's like, I mean, that feels so it's, ham-fisted. It's better, it, no, it's it's the most obvious thing of all time. Right, right. Like, it's like Dragon Ball Z, but worse. <laughs> but, <laughs> which, is, also- which is just like Superman, but better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so, that's so stupid. Um, yeah. Okay. You could have... Oh man. <laughs> it's literally breaking my brain. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I respect Stan Lee for, for what he did. Yeah. But uh, how how has this captured the hearts and minds of an entire race of, so of like, humanoid? You have to have a super powerful villain to take on... 50 superheroes right and so he kind of gets turned into a cartoon at that point right like doomsday uh and, and there's probably a dc person that will tell me i'm just completely wrong i don't know what i'm talking about but like doomsday or oh what's that other one um uh it's the guy uh death magneto no dark seed right like the villains and Armageddon, like the villains in like the DC universe are like 
like you just look at them and they're like, that's a villain. It's so a villain, you know, and they're a little bit like way, way too powerful. Like I think Dark Seed has like um literally dark vision, which is like Superman laser eyes, but they can literally go anywhere and they never miss. And so it's like, what the Sick, heck? Dude. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Is he like, a that's, god? N- no, but he's like but that makes sense in the Superman universe, right? Because he's an alien, right? I I guess so. Here's the thing, though: the mm-hmm. when you, if you have humans, plucky mm-hmm. plucky little humans that are, or might have powers or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. or a very in certain instances a very special bow and arrow set, um, mm-hmm. then you you have to, especially like you were saying, when you have a bunch of them, they have to kill God. That's I'm sorry. the only. He Go is ahead. God. Wait, Dark Cetus? Yeah, he's known what is called a new god, um, which is okay, a fictional. I, I completely extra... just stopped caring. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, yeah, no, there's an even newer version. God 2.0 just dropped. Y'all gotta yeah. worship this. It's yeah. it's hot, super hot fire. Yeah. Um. Nope. Boring. Okay. All right. Enough of this. It, there's it's so disappointing this is so disappointing y- if you make this scale that big you have to go kill god it's the only way to go i'm sorry yeah. um hp lovecraft got it right you all got it wrong yeah. also he got it even more right because you don't kill god <laughs> this is like why i like alan moore so much because alan okay, moore hit me well alan moore wrote watchmen and the killing joke and a lot of the comics that people kind of like point to as being like oh comic books can tell mature stories and things like that and alan moore thinks the people that think that are ridiculous so like he has this huge cult following and he thinks like the people who follow him are like insane because he's like these are stories written for children oh really (laughs) that's exactly what he says and so i love that yeah and i mean i i'm fine with that like i think if you enjoy a comic book story like it's for children and if you like reading it, that's fine. It's okay to do something goofy every once in a while, but realize it's for children, you know, and Yeah. Duh. Well, I mean, the killing joke was the first act of it was just the first act of mm-hmm. Count of Monte Cristo with like a bunch more with no subtlety. Mm-hmm. That's all that's all it was. It's not bad, but it's not it's it is obviously juvenile. Yeah, um, and it it ends with Batman kind of going insane, right? Like it it that's not how stories end. That's not satisfying. That's not like how dare you, Hunter? You take uh, Hewlett Packard Lovecraft is uh, wheeling about in the infinities. Right yeah, now. but <laughs> how like dare you say that's not how to end a story. That's the only way we end stories, Hunter. Batman goes insane in a comic book way, right? He goes insane because he and the Joker are locked in this internal dance, which is like this very meta comment on what it is to be Batman. Like, actually Batman in the comics, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, it's like, that's that's not, that's kind of, that's not, it loses its humanity there a little bit. And it's 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 kind of like Alan Moore commenting on comics themselves in the comic, which is like, who cares? And hey, if you're a kid... And you've been reading comics, and you pick up the Alan Moore issue, and you learn something about it, and a learn a like plot and things like that. It probably is impressive to you. It probably means something to you, but it is a comic, right? Yeah, at the end yeah, of the yeah. Day. It's not like it's not like you're Ishmael on a doomed frigate 
mm-hmm. sailing yeah. around the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. trying to hunt a demon whale at the whim of a of a crazy, a high functioning, insane sociopathic Captain Ahab. Yeah, I heard someone actually talk about um, saying Jaws was the uh, was it, they read Jaws first, and then they went and read. Uh, Moby Dick, and what they realized was Jaws was Moby Dick, but worse. And yeah, it's, thought, com- it's comic book Moby Dick. It's comic book Moby Dick. Yeah, exactly. It's right. show, don't tell Moby Dick. Yes, exactly. In the worst possible exactly. way. Okay. Plus, plus sex. <laughs> right. Uh, but, well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. listen, it was a different time, Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this all sucks. <laughs> um, Are we going to cut this out of the show? I don't even know. <laughs> I, I I think we just we'll just listen. We'll put a disclaimer at the end of this segment, which yeah. is now. Here's your disclaimer: If you don't want to listen to us talk about comic books for 20 minutes, skip to uh now. All right, <laughs> disclaimer yeah. done. Thanks for joining us on Carpooling. It's a show where the uh, slow wheezing death of the West saddens me greatly in audio format. Yeah. <laughs> Not with a bang, but a whimper, Mr. Elliot. In mm. A whimper indeed. A big, rubbery, purple CGI whimper. Mm. Um, it's a show where we talk about politics. Um, you weren't expecting a beautiful T.S. Elliot reference at the end of that, were you? No, no it's good. To listen, that's why you tuned into the show, yeah. right? Because you're like, I'm a dum-dum. How can I be less dumb? Let's listen to people that can pull the hollow man out of their back pocket without a second thought, without a care in the world. Kaboom. That's because we dedicate this show and our lives to talking about philosophy, religion, psychology, art, politics, etc. If you're not allowed to talk about it at work, we talk about it here on the show. And that is why this is definitely a podcast that will get you fired. Do not play it on a speaker at your desk. Uh, your your pink slip, a, a pink slip will manifest like a like a entangled an entangled cork appearing magically in your inbox it, it it's mm. um it's an ama- it, the speed it's faster than the speed of light if you listen on speaker at your desk ts uh, Eliot to quantum physics that that is a range listen listen mm-hmm. <laughs> we spent a whole month there um <laughs> And I think after spending 20 minutes on just being disappointed that the the big bad from our biggest cultural export yeah. as an entire country, a beautiful, powerful bastion of free thought was basically one intergalactic man sitting in traffic with a sign that says stop oil. Um, I, uh, How hmm. do we go from Breaking Bad to Thanos in like eight years? Like, most okay. Most that is annoying a slippery part of slope. Breaking Bad. Tell me the most annoying part of Breaking Bad. Skyler is not an answer. Oh, uh, I don't know. There's so much I love about that show. Blue meth. It's a great show. Don't What's make the meth. Blue? What's wrong because with that? Because it, it's just pop rocks at that point. It's like I don't know. It made it so much less gritty for me when it was like, ooh, blue meth. <laughs> I thought that was kind of like so. And now we're on another cultural thing. But I always thought the blue meth was, like, kind of showing that he doesn't know what he's doing, right? Like, he makes, like, this extremely pure uh, meth, right? But he gets, like, the street part of it wrong, right? If that – you get what I'm saying? 
Yeah, and that's actually kind of a good interpretation of it. It do, it do, it starts to fall apart for me because it's because it's so good that it's blue. Yeah, but what I mean, I'm you know I don't know anything about that, but it, from like a literature perspective, it's like okay, sure, I'm on board. But I mean, I've had things ruined for me in movies too because it's like that's not how that works, you know. So I just don't want them to start adding blue Kool Aid powder to all of my delicious meth. Oh yeah. Um, hey, did you want the blue fentanyl or the cherry fentanyl? Dude, I, like, you joke, but that's exactly what's happening right now with, with Molly. Um, what, what's Molly? Uh, Is that a new ex- drug? Ecstasy. Oh, okay. They're doing it with flavors now? Oh, they put it in candy. Yeah, they're like little candy pills. and now, But now it's getting spiked with fentanyl all the time. That's so fun. That's <sighs> it's so, so fun. fun. Um, so, don't do party drugs. Let's get into it today we've got a lot to get to um why are do we seem so disconnected and scatterbrained how could we possibly spend 25 minutes talking about nothing and then expect you to listen to it uh because the end of the world is upon us and we are here to herald its its coming destruction we are the harbingers of impending doom today we're going to be talking about the latent slash nascent slash uh slightly slightly disguised but currently present world war three but before we get into that hunter it is incumbent upon you to find the ecological disaster of a faraway galaxy and Mm -hmm. deliver it using an amazing amount of solar economic resources into our lives bring from far beyond the stars to us now the roadkill English police tell Englishmen that waving the English flag is racist as Palestinian flags fly in the background. Um, so, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christopher, you may have noticed that there is some uh, protest in Palestine. Or, I'm sorry, first London. Of all, first of all. <laughs> yeah. I submit that there is nothing more British than flying a flag that you stole from another country. <laughs> Sorry, as the John, as the great John Oliver would say, sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I want to. So, you can watch the video on this; it's pretty great. But there were some protests in London about, you know, saving Palestine. Something like a hundred thousand people were out. Is what you is what we were told. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Per- perhaps that's true. Perhaps it's not. It's a lot of people all the same. And a group of counter protesters, they grab the English flag and they start waving it around. And these English police basically come up to him and say, like, we can't because of what's going on today. We can't allow anything that could be remotely seen as racist to happen. And it's like, dude, are are we for real? That is a that is a terrible look. That yeah. is a terrible look. Yeah. Um, and, and this is, I don't know if you, the English flag is the white flag with the, the red Union cross. Jack. No, 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 no. So, no, the English flag, right? So, it is the white flag with the red cross. Oh, which is okay. In the Union Jack, right? Yeah, so, right, right. Yeah. The, the, well, the more crusadery version, to be fair. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, if he, if he does, then we do. Yeah. Um, Listen. Yeah. There's a history between 
the Arabs and people flying that flag. That is a fair point. <laughs> um, but is it racist? Like, uh, it certainly isn't racist. Is it inflammatory? Potentially. But it's also inflammatory to be standing like next to Big Ben and saying people that rape and murder wa- women and children are, you know, like cool and we should stand by them. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. That uh, Listen, any way you slice it, there is nothing more racist than what Hamas, the elected government of Palestine, did to the Jews. Um, mm-hmm. And also, if you want to take the historical precedence argument, um, Holocaust stung a little harder than the Crusades. Just going to yeah. say. So, um, at any rate, and, and maybe it's just because it's more recent, but also because there was a lot more people that died. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that is a really cringe look. So, did people get prosecuted? What what was the end the end of that? I think it was just a clip of this police officer saying that, and then it just kind of mellowed out. And it's kind of like well, the worst, stupidest thing to say. They they should be that officer should lose their job, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but I will say that there is a piece of that that is indicative of something that. Well, I guess we're going to get into it more here later because there is a heavy contingent of individuals who would like the West to go silently into that good night now. Um, Mm. And calling your own cultural heritage in your own country uh, as racist is certainly one of the ways to, to march in that direction. I submit that no matter what the context is, if you're on American soil, flying in an, Ameri- an American flag cannot be a racist, cannot be a racist action. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe the same holds true for, for England. And a state or a territory, right? Like, it's not racist to wave the Georgia flag. It's not racist to wave the Massachusetts flag. It yeah. is a little racist to wave the Kentucky flag, but that's just because of the subject matter. That's just because of the subject matter. And they really should update it. But, yeah. you know, it's Kentucky. How long is that going to take? First, they're going to learn have to learn how to read. Um, and draw. Which is kind of hard to learn how to read if you spend all your time and money gambling on horses. Yeah. Horses yeah. name things like Electric Boogaloo Round 3. No. No. Have you ever read the horse names? I don't want to. Okay, actually, that's a new segment I'm adding to the show. We're going to give a funny horse name of the week. Okay. Uh, Kentucky, a Kentucky Derby funny horse name. Right. Um, Jamie, you can have the first week. Find us a funny horse name. Um, that A horse that actually competed in the Kentucky Derby. Okay? All right, very good. Uh, Hunter, while that is happening, while our new segment is being born in real time, yeah. like a, a colt being unceremoniously toppled to the ground from three feet covered in mm. its its birthing matter please provide for us my favorite segment hunter is a virgin that's beautiful um i don't remember what fact i was explaining to people it was um, something complicated it was a long um, time ago. Yeah. It was about rings. There was Gandalf's fire ring. Then what, Elrond. Not Elrond. Not somebody has an ice ring. No. 
somebody has a peach ring. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's what, I, I it was something remember. in that vein. Uh, there's vampires in Middle Earth. You're welcome. There's vampires? That's it. No, I, you gotta have more details. That's all I got. That's, that's Where, it. There's vampires and werewolves. Are they just in the Silmarillion? Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the spooky month. It's almost Halloween, ghouls and gals. And guess what? There's vampires and werewolves in the Lord of the Rings, you crazy kids. That's, that's it. Okay. All right. Base. That's cool. All right. Yeah. Da, 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 virgin. Yeah. Uh, all right. I feel like we've vamped sufficiently for you there, uh, Jamie. <laughs> do we have a funny name of a horse from the Kentucky Derby ready to go? Genuine risk. <laughs> oh, all right. I mean, all that's right. fair. <laughs> We're going to start slow. I mean, it is. You trip one time, all of a sudden, you're a bottle of Elmer's glue. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you put fifty bucks on them. It's a genuine risk. It, You're right. Oh, that's a great point. <laughs> genuine, like it's a real liability there. Should I, should I, should I bet on this horse? I'm not trying to hide the ball. That would genuinely be a risk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Our horse not good at running. <laughs> All right. Cool. Very good. All right. I um, appreciate that. So, Hunter, let's get in. Of course, I am I am never going to complain about a slow news week again. Mm. This has been um the worst the worst week in news, I think, pretty comfortably since September eleventh. Mm. Um mm-hmm. the photos and everything that continue to emerge are awful. We had planned to do another show um effectively beating over the head with a verbal sledgehammer in game uh all of the people who were saying incredibly regressive and nonsensical things about the conflict um so i'm going to refrain from doing that let's not do that but i do have a quick list of just screw yous which yes not the word i would use uh, in a non-eternal format but a small list of screw yous that I would just like to hand out very quickly before we get into World War Three and kind of the geopolitical fallout of the situation that's happening in Israel and Gaza. Mm. Um, uh, one of the largest and first I'd like to give to, to Hassan Abi, who is a political Twitch streamer and a charlatan, a midwit, a ne'er-do-well, a terrorist supporter, and a moron. So a big screw you to Hassan. Uh, thank you for coming. Thank you, not at all. I'd also like to give out a screw you award to Rashida Tlaib, who repeatedly, since this since this attack, this terrorist attack happened in Israel, has attempted to grow additional feet so that she could put more of them in her mouth at the same time as she bends herself into an idiot pretzel trying to support people that rape women and murder babies. Now, you got you i can understand when you have someone as stupid as rashida talib and as evil evil as rashida talib you say well, they're killing babies she does immediately think that they're the good guys she doesn't understand that that's not an abortion so she gets a little bit confused right off the bat but mm. she's still a bona fide leftist she's very against rape unless rape happens to Jews. In that case, she actually likes rape, she's for it, and she thinks it's a justified reaction to quote-unquote uh, uh, colonization. So Rashida Tlaib, a, just one of the warmest and, and 
most giant pulsating screw use to Rashida Tlaib. Of course, we could also extend honorary screw use to Ilhan Omar and AOC and all of the members of the squad, Corey Bush, all the members of the squad who are calling for a ceasefire as soon as it became apparent that uh, old Benny and the Jets are about to glass the Gaza Strip and to turn it into a, a all-inclusive skating park. So uh, screw you to all of them who are supporting those who are hiding behind children to kill innocents. Um, there's a Sonny Hostin on the view has to have a screw you at this point. Um, her faux intellectual legal and analyst take is, is one of the most overwrought and obviously untrue instances of fake credentialing in the entire world and the idea that she gives she gets a daytime tv slot to effectively shill for whoever has the more malignant skin tone regardless of the underpinnings of any conflict is one of the most obnoxious and egregious things in america i wouldn't have even believed it was possible if i didn't just learn that the bad guy from avengers is just uh is just a whiny kid going to a liberal arts school talking about the environment uh that's that's a lot of the main ones um who am i missing hunter do we have any more screws to give out uh there there's a million it, it's I, I literally started writing a notebook and it got so long that I, I just kind of got tired of it. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised. There's been a lot of r- incredibly bad takes. Oh, um, Vouch. Vouch must be mentioned. Um, the, the incessant, incessant drivel, the mindless, low IQ, inane claim that this is some type of decolonization that is being, being forwarded by the cerebrally extirpated members of BreadTube online is it, it gets to the point where ignorance borders on straight immorality and Vouch is their, their basement dwelling neck bearded king. So oh, uh, Vouch, you odious slimy troll. Uh, might it be that the 13 year olds who think that they're edgy so they listen to you make incredibly bad takes about every single issue you've ever opened your mouth about um grow up to be less ignorant than you managed to be um all right am i done i i that that is a question only you can decide christopher i think i'm done i think i'm mostly done I, i can be done there i can be done with that and i will just say um, I have to give kudos to the Biden, the actual Biden administration on this, who has yet to waver in their support for Israel and support for Israel's right to defend themselves. Not actually what I expected, but most everything I've heard the president say, most everything I've heard Corinne Jean-Pierre say, um, even, even um, Secretary of Defense uh, has been has been the correct tone and the correct message uh biden very correctly has been moving military assets into that region of the world he has been warning 
other potential combatants of dire consequences if they were to enter the the fight i i have to say in general i'm a fan of the response um yeah that's a that's a pretty good transition to what i think we wanted to look at today oh Um, look at that it only took us 40 minutes but here we are i don't even i don't even know if we can do it in a way that's like useful but we we can well i i I should say that better. I think I think there's a very truncated way to look at what we're talking about, um, and that people kind of have the already the inclination of this, but it's the fact that things are not looking good from a peace standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a pretty charmed life, Christopher, in that the only conflict that really happened during our lives was the war on terror. Now that was a extremely tragic event um and by that i mean what happened on 9-11 to kick all that off it was fierce and bloody and a long war and there was a lot of confusion about what we are doing over there um which is a cold war phenomenon as much as it is a war on terror phenomenon but um there is definitely this aspect that you can see had we stuck to our guns and done what we had I'm not going to say originally committed to because I don't think we ever committed to it but the right action there uh, that would have been a huge force for good uh, but that we sort of abandoned and kind of lost our way halfway through Um, Mm -hmm. but here we find ourselves in a really strange environment Um, and to kind of unpack it I think the best way to do it is to look at the major conflicts that have happened in the past century, which of course encapsulates the world wars, the cold war and the war on terror. Um, those were kind of, I mean, the war on terror is kind of how I think America thought all wars would ha- would happen in the future. We would never go to war again with a European power or a major world power. If we had to do anything, it would be to squash a country that had gotten out of line. We would become the world's policemen. We would end the conflict quickly we would then turn that conf- that country into a version of ourselves and we would move on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of the model after World War II. And so when people tell you that doesn't work, then they're wrong because Germany, right? Germany is little us. Japan is little us. South Korea is little us. And so it is an effective strategy. It's just one that takes time and commitment. But now... It seems like in the past... It's something that takes time and commitment and some, I would say, some cultural prerequisites. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Um, and now, in the past two, three years, we've gone to having Hong Kong wiped off the face of the map, right? It's in all intents and purposes. Uh, we have China grumbling that it wants Taiwan. We have this new cold front opening. We have a hot war in Europe in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia. And now we have another massive act of terror that takes place in Israel that reminds many people of 9-11. And a lot of people calling it Israel's first 9-11. Although the casualties and loss of life involved in this, maybe not from a numbers perspective, but definitely in a percentage perspective, absolutely dwarf what happened in America on that day. Um, so it's creating this extremely strange tension where I feel as if 
you know, we are fastly, we definitely are seeing a new axis of evil emerge, Russia, Iran, and China. These countries have talks, they work together, and I think we are seeing uh, the potential for either World War Three or Cold War Two, or you could say 9-11 2, right? <laughs> the next war on terror too. And it depends really on how high this, as- this escalates. But, and this is the key but, there's probably never been a better time to take a swing. Right, and that's what makes this moment so treacherous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I guess what you could say, what we're talking about today, is the potential for all three of those new conflicts to emerge. Right, the new war on terror, the new Cold War, and finally, and most regrettably, if it happens, World War Three. Um, anything you'd like to add to that introduction, there, Christopher, or anything that strikes your fancy? Uh, no, I. I think um, I think that that's certainly that all those possibilities are more on the table now than they have been in our lifetimes. Um, you know, and, and I was saying this, I've been saying this for the past couple of weeks. Whether or not I said it on the show, I don't remember. But there is a higher there is a higher chance now for a nuclear conflict than any time since the fall of the Soviet Union um, by a considerable margin, in my opinion. So, and I'm not saying that I, that means I think a nuclear conflict is likely. I mean to say exactly what I said, that I find it, that we are, it is more likely now than it has been in, in recent history. So, uh, yeah. So let's, let's dig into it. Hunter, where do you want to start this conversation? Cause there's a lot of angles that you can attack this from. Yeah. I think possibly it's to look at the axis of evil, right? Okay. Um, look at the people who are expending resources right now, right? It's Russia and it's Iran, right? They're the, they're the players on the field. Who has their powder dry, right? And who needs to make a decision and get off the pot, right? Right. And, that, and so what I'm saying, if you're not hearing all the pieces there, is that China is starting to peter out. Its economic engine has been inflated for a long time based on what we've uh, traded with them, which that's getting more and more risky between us as the world continues to kind of spiral. And in addition to that, um, the one-child policy has absolutely gooned China, right? There's all these abandoned cities that they've, they've put up where the investments have gone bad. There's a financial – there's a – the um, 2008 housing crisis that came to the USA never came to China and one of the reasons is is because they artificially got their way through it, and now all those loans are going bad. Um, China can do that because it controls the currency, and it can just basically do whatever it wants with the um, with their currency to kind of get through stuff. And so basically, you have all these problems coming home to China, and they're going to begin to lose uh, their economic supremacy as number two on the world stage. Um, Christopher, I don't know if you know this. That's a really recent phenomenon that China has crept up that fu- that high in GDP. For a very long time, it was Japan. And Japan would sit very comfortable between the United States. And I, I feel like I'm off here, but I believe that was up until 2010. And so, like, really? Huh. Yeah. So, like, and you don't really think that way because I think oh, when we, we bought were start- a lot of Super Nintendos over here. I could buy it. <laughs> well, it's just it's just the simple fact that China 
has really, really changed in the past, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 years. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. really know. But, and so the problem is if you're China and you wanted to take a swing at the United States, if you wanted to get out on the world stage, if you wanted to take territory unto yourself, right, the time to do that is now. It's fast approaching because you're going to lose your best chance, right? You're going to, your economy is about to dwindle. You're about to lose your place in the market. It's time to use your economic engine for this purpose. And it's the only person that hasn't expended its resources at this point, right? It's buying fuel from uh, European countries and selling that to Russia to get through some of those uh, trade barriers. But, um, you know, China's in a really good place right now. Now, compare that to the United States, right? And it's the exact opposite that you see. Um, we're, we've been funding, we're going to be funding two wars, essentially, with nobody there. We have a disastrous foreign policy where, you know, what happened in Afghanistan undoubtedly has led to what's happening in Israel, right? Where people don't take us seriously anymore, where threat isn't good enough to uh, keep these wild countries at bay, um, you know, from attacking our allies. And Mm. it's, this has been going on since 2020 when inflation hit, when um, we started send, when we started taking money, or when we started taking oil from the uh, strategic oil reserves, uh, we have to replenish those now, which we don't have. That's for wartime, by the way. That's why that was put to, that was put in place is so that we could have oil. One, if OPEC cut us off, and two, if we went to war, we would have additional oil reserves that were ready for us. Yeah, it um, certainly wasn't. It certainly wasn't to artificially lower the price of oil. Right. In due to terrible mismanagement of our fiscal and economic policy. You also have to remember that before Biden, we were a net oil exporter due to net, fracking. Net energy exporter. Yeah, okay, fair. Um, yep. Due to fracking, and now that's gone. Um, you know, we could be, with those companies could be investing heavily, which is something Biden asked them to do, but they can't because of the bans on fracking and the things that have gone on there. So we don't have a good direction into getting our own energy back um we have basically just poured all a ton of our arm armaments into ukraine and money to keep them going we have a terrible economy that seems like every month is going to like get strained or stretched at this point and now we have warships or battleships or carriers or whatever it is a portion of our navy sitting outside of israel just daring anyone to make a move um, it's not good. Not not only that, but <laughs> yeah. at least from a published numbers standpoint, our Navy, which would be integral in any type of protracted conflict in the Pacific, uh, doesn't doesn't currently compare to China's. Um, mm. We're out. We are outnumbered by the amount of carriers and the amount of battleships that they have, mm. and a lot of our ships are getting old. Um, Ships, shipbuilding is not something that happens overnight. So this is a problem that will not be solved in within six months of deciding we have to solve it. So there's a lot, there is a healthy climate for, for war right now, economically speaking, uh, both because of America's weakness and the, 
uh, let's just China's China's necessity almost. Mm-hmm. A, a chi- and, so, and here's the question you you've got to be asking if you're Xi Jinping. Uh, when are you going to get a better bite at the apple? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be when after another election, maybe Trump gets reelected? I don't think so. You know, is it going to be when America is f- able to replenish our supplies? Or is it going to be when our strategic reserve is empty? Is it going to be when our already smaller Navy is stretched across multiple theaters providing support? Um, there's a lot of, lot of earmarks here that would, that would encourage the Chinese to, to go ahead and play in Taiwan. And, and remember we, we did this episode a couple, a couple months back, but China's been running live military drills, um, over the Strait of Taiwan and in some in some uh, instances over Taiwan proper for months. Mm. So this isn't a crazy crackpot conspiracy theory. Uh, they're already playing war games. Yeah, um, there. There's a lot of good stuff there. I think the other thing is just to, you know you mentioned uh, our politics involved in all this. You know we don't have a speaker of the house. Like, we're totally, and that's because everybody is playing these grandstanding politics right now. We can't, we can't actually enact anything that matters, right? That could be a good, healthy response um, to what's going on in Israel. And, like, more, more, more than that, who, who's the president that could jump in here and handle this in a way that we would feel confident about? It's not Trump. It's not Biden. And it's, I mean, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley. Okay, yeah, I see something there, right? I see, I see something with both of those candidates, but they don't have the popular support. Nobody wants them, right? That's what the polls and everything tell us, right? And more than that, there's the morality problem. Like America is getting hollowed out by TikTok, right? Which pff, that looks that looks like a psyop if there ever was one. And we are just const- – we have one political party that constantly refuses to acknowledge these foreign policy problems, it feels like, and won't call China you know, a problem, won't say certain things about um, Palestine and what's going on with Hamas, right? And to some extent that's true. It's, it's definitely members of that party. It's not everybody in there. I want to be clear about that. But is obsessed with saying that men are indeed women when they want to be women. Right. And and it's like that if that is the flavor of the day, if that is if that is where we're going to be, then we lack the ability to come in and say something definitive on the world world stage that this is evil, that invading another country is evil, that taking away people's sovereignty is evil, that rape is wrong. And like it's becoming harder and harder for us to seem to it's becoming harder and harder for us to realize that that's still a thing in the world, despite (coughs) the new modern era that we're in. And we d- we want to ignore that problem and deal with all of our domestic problems, all these imaginary civil rights cases that seem to just pop out of the ether in the past ten years. And so, um, how how are we actually supposed to act? And so, to to your point, if China was going to swing, why not now, right? Yep. And that 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 is terrifying. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, so. 
so to add more credence to this theory, I think we should mention kind of what was the progenesis of us deciding to discuss this topic today. <laughs> yes, exactly. I want to say all this and get to here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because this is this is a very interesting thing that happened on Friday that went underreported. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason that it went underreported uh, seems to be intentional. I mean, the White House drops things like this right before the weekend for yeah. intentionally. Um, <laughs> but there are reports out and uh, what, what's uh what, what news site Reuters is reporting yeah. that the Biden administration is act asking for potentially up to $100 billion in aid in spending. I should say part of its aid Part of it's not. And the details of that, of this request that is being structured are disturbing. So let's get into it. Mm -hmm. Here's the details. There are earmarks for four things, four recipients of this spending. The first one is Ukraine. Obviously, we've been spending a bunch of money in Ukraine. Um, The long and short of it at this point is that it is insane to me that we are continuing to funnel aid into Ukraine while allowing Zelensky um, to demand things. <laughs> well, <laughs> there might be some of that. Yeah. While we're allowing Zelensky to demand things that are seem impossible, like the like the repatriating of Crimea. Mm. Um. Which is, in my opinion, not a realistic end to this conflict, and yet the U.S. is not forcing down a a terms for for a ceasefire. I mean, that's very stupid. Uh, we absolutely have to have a off ramp if we're going to continue spending our money in this fight. And like I've said before, um, I don't think this was a bad deal. I don't think this is money well spent. But a forever war, a protracted forever conflict, this is this is not what we should be in the business of doing. There has to be a off-ramp towards a ceasefire um, and protections against another conflict in the future. And we have to stop, stop allowing other countries and other countries' governments to decide how Americans spend our money. Yeah. Not, not acceptable. Yeah. The second agreed. one is it also obviously makes sense at this point. And it's support for Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, let, me, let me be very clear about this. Israel has to eradicate Hamas. Hamas has to be scrubbed from the face of planet Earth. In every building and school and hospital and tunnel in which they hide, they must be eradicated. And the ground that they cultivate must be salted and destroyed we cannot leave a remnant of hamas on the planet israel cannot afford to leave a remnant of hamas on the planet and that's not because they morally deserve to die which certainly hamas does and please you you ignorant lefty losers i am talking about hamas not palestine not even all of gaza do you understand now the unfortunate fact is that uh, Palestine, the Gaza Strip, supports Hamas uh, from a population standpoint way more than any Westerner would be comfortable with admitting. 
that's a fact regardless um i am delineating there are plenty of innocents in in gaza uh but but hamas must be eradicated part of the reason that they have to be eradicated is that israel's security the security of the state and the security of the people in israel is predicated upon the idea that attempts to kill israeli civilians will be met with overwhelming violence that is what keeps them safe they have they continue to learn what america seems to have forgotten in afghanistan is that a ounce of pretension is worth many pounds of cure and so that's why they have all the spending on on um detention fences that's why they have so much spending on iron dome and and these defense measures it's why they so brutally went just watch the movie munich it's why they brutally attacked people that have attacked them in the past um very targeted but brutal brutal recompense and the reason is because unlike unlike many other i'll say unlike any other western democracy in the entire world they are beset on all sides with regimes who have explicitly stated in documentation that they wish for all of the jews to die okay so it is not an option for them to be passive in this case they must the the enemies of israel must know not because israel is a bully or because they have some special status but because the enemies of israel have openly engaged and talk about desired genocides those actors have to know that their attempts will be thwarted and thwarted with extreme rapid violence second to that point um the the perception that israel could not be bloodied was bruised by hamas hamas broke that perception of israel a couple of weeks ago and that that point of view must be restored and the other element is that america has israel's back they are our only partner in the region uh truly our only demo democratic partner in the region um and we need them and we need them to know that we have that they have our support and more importantly the enemies of israel need to know that they have our support that we will not allow um, genocides to take place to our allies on the global stage. So it is a moral imperative at this point and a strategic imperative that we defend Israel and spend our dollars over there reinstating order in the region. Um, the other thing I will say is that unlike Ukraine, this conflict has an end date. When Hamas is a word whispered in the shadows and not remembered by the general population. That's the end date. Um, and Israel's very good at performing that kind of operation. Okay. Those are the two more obvious issues in the request. The other two are the ones that to me are the most telling and the most disturbing. So let's get into the third one aid for taiwan specifically military aid for taiwan yikes so when you read yikes. that Hunter, what does it make you think um 
Yeah, it makes me kind of think what you're talking a little bit about navies, right? Um, that's going to be a battle that has to take place with navies. There's there's no other way for us to participate in that without like aircraft carriers, uh, without sophisticated systems to protect them, right? We're going to be in the Pacific if that happens. And so, um, but, okay, you, 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 it's, it's something for this to go out on Friday night, right? That's politics at home in the, in the best sense to me. And what that is, is Biden realized as far as foreign domestic policies go, it's not good, right? You had the worst retreat in Afghanistan that could possibly be imagined, right? You gave it back to the people we took it from. Ukraine is a mess. like 30 minutes. Ukraine is a mess. Israel is a mess. And you had peace in Israel prior to you screwing it up, right? You handed $6 billion to the to the uh, country using Hamas as a front, right? Yeah, like, and to be clear for people that don't know, Iran is... Uh, Hamas is acting as a proxy for Iran here. Um, that doesn't mean that Hamas doesn't want evil all of their own accord. Yeah. But they're being funded and encouraged by Iran. Right. And now you realize... So that's why you do it Friday night, right? Um, Specifically so it gets buried in the news cycle. And because because of what it is for the Biden administration, it's a tacit admission that their foreign policy has been garbage and is cost th- that has it has a price tag uh, where the units are human lives. Yep. And also wars just isn't popular. It, you know, it's it, in it America. Never, yeah, exactly. And it's there's no political party, especially the Democrat Party that wants war right now. Right. And the conservative we need to be the world's policemen hegemonic power uh, on the world as a force for good is very out of vogue you know you might get called a rhino if you said that now instead of a conservative which is quite shocking but it's true you can see that because there's only two um candidates for president who essentially take that position right now who Um, are uh, nikki haley and ron DeSantis. oh right you mean reasonable human beings reasonable okay. ones um actually no i'm sorry uh that would be not ron that would be haley and pence yeah sorry um which is it's kind of wild but that's that's the world we live in right now wait um, exp- explain that statement explain that better to me because i heard ron 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 would basically wants to get out of ukraine you know and uh, yeah he he's got good reasons for that but well it's the reasons i just stated more or less yeah he, it is we we need an end an end date. We can't. I think what he said specifically is we can't continue to fund without a, an operational goal. Yeah, yeah. Which I and I think Nikki would. I think Nikki would kind of end on the we need to fund side of things and we need to press for that goal. But mm-hmm. anywho, um, the other so all of that to say that's all politics at home, in my opinion. But putting Taiwan in the same budget for a war in Ukraine and a war in Israel, that kind of tips your hand. And it kind of is a shot across the bow at China. And we know there's a lot going on there already in public discourse. 
but that means the intelligence community knows something. Right. 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 It means it means not only is what we're hearing in the news relevant, but there's more, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean there's a hot war coming with China, but it is saying watch out. Right? There's a lot going on here and we're putting you in the same camp as the bad guys. Right? Right. Absolutely. And and of course, th- this is the part that I think is is one of the most telling is that the the intelligence community is part of the White House administration. The briefings that they're giving to the president basically said, we're so confident that things are about to go south that they convinced Biden that he needed to spend $100 billion on on two active conflicts that were not actually involved in militarily and one conflict that apparently we're about to be involved in right potentially not military but financially but then and this is this is the this is the most telling element in my opinion Mm -hmm. the fourth earmark in that request was for our own military infrastructure was specifically to replenish what we've given away to ukraine right Right. Well, yeah. Uh, in mm. armament, in in fuel reserve, etc. Mm. Um, why would we need to replenish our armament? Why would we need to replenish our armament in the same breath that we need to fund hot conflicts in Ukraine and uh, Israel and a nascent conflict in Taiwan? Mm-hmm. I think the math looks. I mean, this isn't this isn't surprising. It's just a it's just a tacit admission of things that we already know. Right, is that the iron is hot and it's hard to perceive it getting much hotter for China and Taiwan. If Taiwan gets attacked, America is in serious trouble. Mm-hmm. If if the if the microprocessor capabilities of Taiwan fall into the hands of the Chinese, um it's going to be a bad time for American military technology. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. China and Iran and Russia have been working along with other members of, of oil ex of OPEC basically to control and, and monetize the, the energy fund of the world we're dependent on those gr- those groups for energy and oil at this point. Um, we have a bunch of structural problems to staying out of a hot conflict here, and the Biden administration earmarking a hundred billion for military spending, which, as you might recall, isn't something that's super popular with the liberal wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, that should that should be ringing some alarm bells for people, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know this is just fun. Um, the whole BRICS nations thing, you know this this is this is something that's just a little underneath the surface. But that is a grouping of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, where is it? Yes, in twenty twenty three at the fifteenth BRICS summit, South African president. Uh, announced six emerging market group countries, Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, 
Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates have been invited to join, and full membership will take place on January 1st, 2024. So there's economic— Just now, a couple of months. Right, and now, is Brazil necessarily a baddie? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't see that. Um, is India a baddie? I don't think so. But is this driving economic ties between the baddies? Absolutely. Is it yep. letting them leverage other countries to reduce America's uh, economic might on the global stage? Yep, they want to undermine the dollar. And would China and Russia and Iran love for that to happen? You bet they would. And they don't mind uh, working with some of our allies to make that happen, right? Um, in, in many ways, they've worked with us to remove our own <laughs> moral, uh, economic um, position on the world stage. So they'd yeah. be more than happy to work with our allies as well. If, if first of all, you said Argentina, uh, which is the uh, for the listeners who don't know, that's uh, that's the smaller version of Argen, Argentina. Yeah, it's actually inside Argentina. Uh, yeah, well, and then within it, subducted yeah. is Ar- Argentinitania. Um, but regardless, there could be nothing worse for the American economy and our military hegemony than the BRICS nations joining with the OPEC nations. Mm, So when you have Iran, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the Emirates forming coalitions with BRICS, this, that is a major problem. If we don't stop resenting our own our own energy history culture, yeah, and our and our own energy production. I mean, just on a very yeah, tactical fair. level. So yeah, so yeah, so start jogging. Pick your poison. If you're a male of fighting age, hmm. do some push-ups tonight. Yeah. Um, I hope I hope that peace would reign. But two things that we have to remember. And you know what? This is something that I wanted to I wanted to say last week, and we didn't really fully articulate it um, because we didn't have a show last week. Uh, <laughs> asking myself the question, why? Why are there so many people in the West enjoying the comforts and benefits of the West that find themselves morally amb- ambivalent or perplex- perplexingly in support? of Hamas in this issue in Israel. And I found some stats basically on the conflict hunter. And mm-hmm. here's I'm not going to read the study, but here's roughly how the stats break down. Upwards of 70% of Americans support Israel's response to the attack yes. from Hamas. Yes. Most people understand this. In mm-hmm. fact, I think there's only like 8% say that they don't support it. And there's 20-something percent that say they don't know. Mm. Um, ignore the don't knows. Wusses. The 8% that doesn't support it, they skew young and they skew liberal. Obviously, right? Because they're mm-hmm. young and they're unexperienced, so they don't understand anything. They're stupid. And secondly, they're on the left, so they don't understand anything and they're stupid. Yeah. But most Americans understand that the blood in this conflict rests on Hamas's hands. So why do we have this subset of coastal liberal elites and babies that agree that Israel is the aggressor in this conflict? I will tell you the answer. 
And it has almost everything to do with why every cultural movement on the left comes back to redistribution and socialism. It looks something like this. The argument... Okay, so we've got a crime problem in America with the black community, right? Okay, 13% of the population is responsible for over 50% of the crime. That's a, that's a statistic, an uncomfortably true statistic. The, the answer as to why has nothing to do with genetics. It has everything to do with a cultural issue. And I'm not even arguing that that cultural issue doesn't have serious progenesis and economic disparity. I will grant you that. However, however, as we have seen, redistributionary policies did not make black Americans more successful. It didn't make them engage in less criminality. It didn't work. I say that to say the rectification of their social situation didn't cause inherent problems, inherent cultural problems. This is anathema to the left. It is anathema to the left because the Green New Deal and BLM and all of these movements and ideas are predicated upon the idea that if we pursue equality as our only goal and equity as our guiding star, then the inherent evil of man will disappear once all things are made equal. That everybody is inherently good and that it's only circumstances that cause people to engage in evil evil patterns of decision making. This is, and they've been very upfront about this at home. No, it's, you can't, you can't call the cops on people that are shoplifting because they have to eat. Now, I don't know who eats Louis Vuitton handbags, but they have to eat. And this, I'm not making up, the AOC says this directly all the time, the author of the Green New Deal. Um, Patrice Coolers says the same thing from her BLM funded mansion. Mm. Uh, it's racist to call the cops when black people commit crimes. When in reality, it's actually racist to factor in someone's race in during the commission of a crime. Mm. When their actions are speaking for themselves. It's racist because America is institutionally racist. It's our structure that's racist. And therefore, disparities and let's say arrest rates are not actually reflective of individual decision making or cultural patterns. They're reflective of inequality. And so the real evil we have to attack is inequality. When people see the wanton violence that happened in Israel over the weekend, they come face to face with something that we in America try to deny exists. Yeah. And that is the face of evil. It's the face of evil. And it's an everyman, yes. higher or low class. Well, and Solzhenitsyn would say that the line, the thread that divides good and evil runs through the heart of every man. Mm-hmm. Which he wrote in a gulag in the middle of, of uh, Siberia. The Palestinian leadership in of Hamas has come out since the attacks and said very directly, we love death in the same way that Israel loves life. We yep. believe that 
life starts at death. And so we're happy to be martyrs to, to prevent Benjamin Netanyahu from getting his filthy hands on Alaska. This is their words. They don't mind dying if it means the destruction of the Jewish state and the destruction of the Jewish people. This is the face of evil. No amount of redistribution, no amount of, of aid, humanitarian aid, no amount of, re- of policies aimed at promoting equity are going to deter them from this goal. If rockets destroying their cities don't deter them from this goal, how will a box of UN cheese deter them from this goal? Mm-hmm. But it is anathema. It is anathema to the benighted and and malignant strain of thought that pervades all of leftist policy. And it's why it's why it's not just the environment it's environmental justice because we have to bring equity into the conversation because equity is at the heart of all of our problems Mm. so they see what happens over the weekend and they're they are presented with the fact that this evil exists and they have to do the mental gymnastics of if only they had enough cheese (laughs) if only they had a couple extra watts of power yeah. If yeah. only I was in charge and could give them a warm, comfy bed and a nice place to lay their head, then they <laughs> wouldn't be so violent. Then evil wouldn't exist. And here's the crux of the lie. The crux of the lie is I could make it right if I had the power. If I could be if I had the power of God, I would eradicate evil. And you can't. And you won't. Hmm. And they feel it deep, deep down. It's a shattering of the the facade that they've put up that says, I can get rid of all the evil in the world. That we're smart enough and good enough to get rid of all the evil in the world. Mm-hmm. They have to admit that there is a primordial force that exists outside of them. That they yeah. have no control over. And therefore, they are not God, as they like to play. Yeah, that that's why there's this impossibly, impossibly egregious calculus that people like the recipients of our our nascent Screw You Award <laughs> engage in. Mm. It makes them furious because they either have to they either have to support rape and murder and beheadings and infanticide and genocide and Nazis and all the things that they pretend to hate or they have to admit that they're not God and they would rather they would rather put on the red armband and throw up their their arm than admit that they're not God and so that's why our elites are having such a problem with this calculus yeah and the second point second piece of this if I haven't completely lost the thread which is by no means guaranteed Wow. the second piece of this is that America 
did not have to be in this position. We did not have to be in this position. But it is specifically that line of thinking that has weakened us on the world stage. I it's have spe- the perfect quote to append oh. to that thought. Oh, man, I thought I had the perfect quote. Who's your quote by? It's by Kennedy. Oh, mine's by Paul Harvey. Yours okay. got elected president. Yeah, and I All think right. it just shows, just, just you know, once you have it, he's just going to change, if you're just going to see what's happened so purely. Okay. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Wow, that says it all. From a Democrat, no less. <laughs> From a Democrat, no less. Mm. Right, but it's changed. It, we, we've morphed that into, well, if everything's gimme, gimme, not gimme, equal. Gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so so Paul Harvey has this fantastic... Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spell it out for the slower people, Hunter. Um, <laughs> he has this fantastic talk that he gave. And uh, actually, Akira the Dawn made it into a song, which is phenomenal if you uh if you want to look it up it's called inside job and he says i am satisfied with all my heart that if uncle sam ever does get whipped here too it will have been an inside job it was eternal k decay not external attacks that destroyed the roman empire and he's juxtaposing rome to america and this is exactly what he says um in in the main part of this speech because there was a good government, it bore bountiful fruit, and when it bore bountiful fruit, the people got fat, and when they got fat, they got lazy, and when they got lazy, they began to want to absolve themselves of personal responsibility and turn over to government to do for them things which traditionally they had been doing for themselves. And at first, there appears to be nothing wrong asking government to perform some extra service for you. But if you ask government for extra services, government, in order to perform its increasing function, has to get bigger, right? And as government gets bigger, in order to support its increasing size, it has to do what? Tax the individual more, so the individual gets littler. And to collect the increased taxes requires more tax collectors, so the government gets bigger. And in order to pay the additional tax collectors, it has to tax the individual more. So the government gets bigger, and the individual gets littler. And the government gets bigger, and the individual gets littler, until the government is all-powerful, and the individual is hardly anything at all. And this is exactly, exactly related to the previous point I was making. Government is the collectivized will of the people. That's how it's envisioned. It is the it is the archon of the people's will. And so if we bind to this idea that we are God, then the government becomes the avatar that can vanquish evil if only we were able to allocate the sliders properly in yeah. the calculus. And this no is middle not sliders. true. That, this is not true. No middle sliders. It's not true. It's not true. And so now we find ourselves on the precipice of what could potentially turn into um, the third world war. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, if if all it would take right now is for Hezbollah to jump in, if yeah. Hezb- if Hezbollah jumps in, that that seems more and more likely. Well, it, l- l- here's how it goes: if Hezbollah jumps in, then Israel has to attack Syria, and if Israel attacks Syria, Iran is going to join the conflict, mm. and so is Jordan, in my opinion, um, but certainly Iran. And if Iran joins the conflict, America has to jump in. Well, mm-hmm. Iran is currently in the process of normalizing relationships with Russia and China. And if that conflict starts and Russia and China jo- have to jump in, 
And if that happens, Taiwan is under attack almost immediately, over uh, yeah. in seconds. And if that happens, then Europe's going to have to jump in. Um, so we stand on this precipice. We stand on this precipice, and it happened not not because America lost its privileged position and incredible blessings that were given to it it happened because we resented what we had and we bought into the lie that we could make the world in our own image and that evil was a thing that we had the power to eradicate and therefore because it was something we had the power to eradicate the only true evil was inequality hmm and I think that's why we find ourselves in this position now. I think it's all related. I think it's why people don't know how to do the, the moral calculus on Israel-Palestine or Israel-Hamas. And I think it's why America is now on the back foot um, asking for $100 billion to fund conflicts that haven't started yet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hopefully it's not too late, right? Like, right. I mean, we're living off the smoke and ashes and the fumes of what we were and it wouldn't be the first time that America needed a revival and it got one. Um, but boy, howdy, have we neglected the spirit and the God that got us this far. Mm-hmm. And that could be, mm-hmm. that could be really dangerous. So what it, well, should you, know you what? We'll have to talk about another Paul Har- Harvey talk sometime. Dude was uh, brilliant and incredibly well-spoken, but you, what you just said is, he addresses in another another conversation um no i i just did it oh okay sick <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, i mean all, i'm, all I'm happy did. i'm happy for paul but i mean calm down buddy i've got you know i've got this one here's the thing though hunter and this is probably the most important aspect of this yeah because damn if carl Pula hadn't been telling you for years this was coming so yeah. I mean, we all might be irradiated piles of ash and bones <laughs> here shortly, but some of us are going to be correct. Yeah, and that we're matters. Gonna, we're going to be irradiated piles of smug, self-satisfied, correct bones, and that's yeah. why currently I'm carving into my femur, I told you so. So when I'm only nice. a, glowing, a, a glowing green femur, you'll still know how smug and how right I was, you ignorant, ignorant listener. I want to say one thing to that. Anyone that tells you, like, this is how the next three months are going to go, don't listen to them. They don't know. Yeah. Like, and that's why I think we've been very careful to show you the state, not the, um, not, not to just declare to you, this is happening for this reason. This is why this is going to happen. And, you know, what would it take for the conflict to go out of control? Here are some things to look for. Right. Where there's a there's some responsibility with all of this. And also, this is going to shock some of you. We're not God. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. But we are the last bastion of culture, the only free press and the most enlightened gurus in all of the world of political punditry. You can find everything we do at carlpooling.com, including our episodes. Send us an email at carlpooling at gmail.com and follow the show at carlpooling on all the socials. I'm at chrisxcarl, Hunter's at emotionalcarl, and check out the merch stop at carlpooling.com slash store. Buy a cool t-shirt. That's going to be very cool to wear during the apocalypse. People are going to be like, oh, that guy, if we had listened to him, things would have been better. Here's the thing. I'm going to be 
completely irradiated. My body will be full of heavy metals and uranium. You'll the in the future, aliens will come from a distant planet. They'll be giant and purple and have a, a gauntlet on with many colorful diamonds, and they will find a pile of bones. And they'll be like, "Why is it that this pile of bones looks so much more smug than the other pile of bones?" They'll look down at my one femur. <laughs> And carved into it with marrow oozing out as well as glowing glowing alpha and beta decay particles. They'll see that it says, I told you so. And moving on to my other femur, they will pick it up and read, Get Tested. actually a kind thing to say uh, in a nuclear wasteland.